Support for This Is Normal comes from Bell & Health. If you or someone you know needs help, don't wait and know the signs. Visit bellin.org signs for more information. I was like, Isaiah, yeah, your life is kind of a little messed up right now. Like you, you're not where you want to be in and you're struggling. So I decided like I was going to take like a big step. I met Isaiah Donaldson last fall. I was in Appleton because I was doing a story about a program called Sources of Strength, and he was one of the students involved. And what is Sources of Strength? It's a national program that helps students lead their own suicide prevention campaigns in their schools. There are a bunch of districts in Wisconsin that are starting to use it or programs like it. Isaiah was one of the students chosen by his teachers to be one of the leaders in this program. I talked to him about why he wanted to get involved. It goes back to his own experience with depression. A year ago is when I kind of hit my rock bottom with depression. A lot of that was like, because I kind of had myself isolated. Like it was just me, myself and I. And my grades weren't the best either. And I kind of like slacked in school. In my household, it's my mom and my three younger siblings. Be me being her oldest, I kind of feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respect her and her kids and like let her kind of give them time, kind of focus on myself. So then I kind of like isolate myself from them. Welcome to This Is Normal, a podcast where young people share their stories of facing mental health challenges so we can all feel a little less alone. I'm Rob Menser. I'm an editor for USA Today Network, Wisconsin. And I'm Rory Lenane, a reporter for the network. I met Isaiah because his teachers recommended him to me as someone who would be great to talk about the Sources of Strength program. And he definitely was. I was really impressed with how open he was about his own background and just how well he could describe the feeling of being depressed that he had experienced himself. And he also had such a passion for helping other students who, who might be feeling that now. Sure, he was a panelist in one of our, our live events this year, and he's really a, he's got a presence to him. So earlier in high school, Isaiah wasn't doing as well. In retrospect, and after talking with his mom, Isaiah knows she would have wanted him to talk with her. She would rather have me, like, you know, gone to her and everything, but this is just kind of how my mind was wired at the time. Depression can cloud your mind, and at the time, he just didn't feel like he had anyone to go to. At the same time, Isaiah was losing friends. One moved away and others stopped talking to him. Seeing his old friends with other kids in the hallways and in photos on social media, it was painful. It made me feel like something might have been wrong with me. Like I can still see him in the hallways with their friends. So it's like, it wasn't like you just left all your friends, it was just me. So that kind of you know, lowers my self-esteem even more. Looking back, I mean, it's all a blur, because, I mean, it's just, I literally just went with emotions. Like, like I, I'd go to class, but I wouldn't learn. I would, you know, go to passing hour to passing hour, just walk to it, sit down, wait for the bell to ring, you know, and repeat. Until I eventually got to go home, and then do nothing until I went to sleep. It was just like a bunch of moping around and nothingness. No one seemed to notice quite how low he was feeling. It happened slowly. I mean, 
if it was just like a big slap in the face, I mean, I feel like a lot of people would have noticed more, would have paid more attention to that. Like if I'm super happy every single day and one day I came home just done, people would have noticed more. But that's like not how it works. The feeling that I kind of got when I was at my lowest was just kind of like feeling alone. It felt like I was all I had. And that kind of felt like a drag and just like an anchor on people. There was even days I just would kind of like go home, go to my room and just like cry for a few hours. Cause I mean, I didn't know what else to do. The worst time of day was lunch. I hated lunch. It was the most uncomfortable time to me. Like I would actually dread it. <laughs> Cause uh, most people would like look at lunch like, oh sweet, I get to go hang out with my friends and eat some food and you know, just do us. But for me it was like, where am I gonna sit? Like, what happens if I get there? Like, all tables are crowded, so I have to sit by a random group of people I don't know. The high school cafeteria is brutal. It sure is. Yeah, I think it's a really hard time because it's so unstructured and you're just trying to figure out, like, where you fit in. Yeah, like, very literally, where where you sit is freighted. So I remember I always, like, try to run right to the lunchroom just to get an empty seat and I have to worry about all those problems. Finally, someone reached out and didn't quit reaching out. I had no motivation whatsoever. Like, I, I couldn't even motivate myself to help myself. One of my friends, Jetta, she's like, she's just a really outgoing person and super nice to everybody. She saw me being like this really down person and sad person. So she ended up kind of just reaching out to me. And then moving how I was, I kind of, like I said, I'm super pessimistic towards everything. So I'm thinking something like, Oh, she just needs someone to talk to because she has no one else to talk to right now and stuff like that. Which, for the most part, I felt like when I had the attitude towards people, they'd kind of be like, okay, and this is my time to go. <laughs> but that's, that's not how she worked. Like, she, she stayed and she actually got me out of the house a few times. And in my opinion, she kind of got me back on my feet, which is kind of where things started. Kind of like going upwards for me. I just, I just need someone to rely on. Isaiah transferred from Appleton North High School to Appleton West High School. He made new friends. He started caring more about school. Eventually, he also started therapy, despite feeling skeptical about whether it would work. I was always, I was down to give it a shot, but I was like, it's not gonna do anything. <laughs> like when I first started, I was thinking that it was just gonna be like, how like movies are, you know, you talk to them and then they give you advice. And then like how movies, the person's like, yeah, you're not helping me anyways. And then they just kind of flip out, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I was thinking it was gonna be. Professional help is better than talking to somebody on my grade who's gonna not necessarily know how to handle the situation. Isaiah wishes he would have started therapy earlier when he was dealing with deeper depression. But better late than never, he says. Things are going pretty good, to be honest. It's kind of nice to be able to like open up to somebody about anything. He still struggles with anxiety, but now he knows he has the tools to help himself when he starts to spiral. It's not like it was one big thing. But it was like all these things just kind of like piled together. Like, hey, something bad's about to happen right now. Like, everything's about to go down. And I would kind of overthink a lot of things. Like, I'm going to do the assignment tonight. Then I'm going to get an F in this class. And then I'm going to contact my mom. And my mom's going to get on me for that. And then I'm just going to get really sad and feel bad. I'm going to try to do that. And I'm going to cut off my social life trying. And then I'm going to be back at square one with my depression. So I'm not going to have any friends. And my grades probably won't even be perfect even then. I mean, I'm trying to balance that out before that ends up being the case where it's like so bad, but I mean, it's, it's slowly getting there. 
instead of like just thinking of everything that's gonna go wrong, think about things that you can kind of do to help change that. Even it's not like it's a complete domino effect that you can like you know see before it happens. He knows the same strategies don't work for everyone, but in the way that his friend Jetta inspired him to find what worked for him. He hopes he can be that for others in his school through the Sources of Strength program. This is different for everyone. At the same time, just because it's different doesn't mean that it's you know impossible to conquer that. It just means you gotta approach it differently. I just needed to kind of build up my social relationships and step out of my comfort zone and just take a look at myself as that I wanted to change. But that's not the same case for everyone else. Rory, you wrote about sources of strength and about these some other sort of peer-led programs that different schools are are using. Just more broadly, what are those programs about? What what is the purpose of those? Well, they're based on research that shows that a lot of the traditional anti-suicide messaging in schools was not working. Like watching those old videos and, you know, the traditional like posters with a kid in a hoodie in a hallway that just say, get help. They weren't really inspiring kids to do that. And in fact, in some cases, kids who were already depressed and saw those messages felt even more down on themselves. Whereas with the student-led programs that are much more strength-based, they're about identifying what makes you strong, what makes you feel supported, and building those things so that you're more resilient when you go through difficult times. And if you are feeling suicidal, you know who you can turn to for support. And when students feel more comfortable reaching out for support, they'll also encourage their friends to reach out for support, and that's really important. I know one of the things that they, that the you know, the, the teachers talk about is that it's important for these programs to have participation from kids in, in all different sorts of social groups. So it's not just like athletes and it's not just whatever, student government types, but that it, it, for it to work, there needs to be a, a somewhat of a cross-section there. That's something I really like about this program because I think a lot of organic student organizations are just by the way that they form are formed by people who are more outgoing or more maybe like all know each other already. Yeah, sit, who sit at the same table at lunch. Yeah. And with this program, it's really intentional about reaching students from every social circle who might not necessarily be the first to volunteer for things. Uh, I think that's really interesting. During our interview, Isaiah shared some advice for others who might be in a dark place the way he used to be. Your depressed mind might be telling you, like, you know, these people won't help you, these people can't help you. But that's not the case. And, I mean, if you stepped out of your comfort zone for a minute and just kind of found someone to communicate with, like, that might, that might make a huge difference. He also had advice for people who want to be there for friends with mental health challenges. Make sure that your friends know you're there for them. A lot of people in this generation, in my opinion, kind of have like these shallower relationships. It's not, it's not always the case, but their friends are kind of people that they just hang out with, period, point blank. I mean, you need to kind of get a lot more positive intimacy in there and kind of let them know, like, hey, I have your back and I'm there to help you whenever you need it. That's such a great attitude. I really liked his take on how gender roles can shape that also and how a lot of times boys are raised up with this kind of expectation to not be as like vulnerable or emotional with their friends and he's always kind of felt outside of that stereotype. 
He's always been much more like open in friendships and he thinks that's been really important for his own ability to cope with mental health challenges and just with difficult things in life to, to be able to feel like he has those like really deep friendships in his life. So hopefully we have more and more Isaiah Donaldsons out there in the future challenging those stereotypes. This is Normal is supported by Bell and Health. Bell and Health believes we all benefit from greater awareness of mental health issues and how they affect us, our friends, our neighbors, and our loved ones. Bellin exists to improve the physical and mental health of our communities and our region. Through Bellin's support of This Is Normal and USA Today Network's Kids in Crisis series on youth mental health, it is helping bring to light the issues affecting young people at a critical time in their lives. If you're concerned about someone you feel is headed for a crisis, don't be concerned about saying something and don't wait. Know the signs. Please visit bellin.org signs for more information. Dr. Jenna Saul is a child and adolescent psychiatrist in Wisconsin, and we often check in with her for perspective on the stories we're telling in the podcast. I asked her about these programs that empower teens to help their peers, and she's a fan, mostly. I think that peer support is incredibly valuable for children once they hit late middle school and, and high school age. They are oriented more toward connections with people their own age than they are oriented toward connections with adults. So, so certainly being able to connect on some sort of level with a peer who can say, I get it, or I understand, or I hear you, has value. That's certain. And even the kids, it, there are a lot of kids who are even re resistant to group therapies, but we see that there's there's value to working in groups and to connecting with groups and to relating with groups. What are the pitfalls? Well, it comes down to we can't expect teens to do it all. There are times when a friend will feel like their job is to support their friend, to validate the friend's feelings. And it might be natural to feel that way, but it's not necessarily what your friend needs. Dr. Jenna's point is that while we might say that our conversations with our friends are like a form of therapy, in a way they might be, but in another way, they really are not. Therapy is so much more than saying, yes, your feelings are valid and let's just allow you permission to stay right there with those feelings and not, not find any way to coexist with those feelings and yet still be able to function adaptively. So... Peer support is good. Programs like the one Isaiah is involved with, definitely good. Just don't mistake it for the whole answer. Support for This Is Normal also comes from Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. Children's Hospital of Wisconsin has a vision that Wisconsin kids will be the healthiest in the nation. Supporting kids and teens' mental and behavioral health is a key part of achieving that vision. They are committed to programs and services that help build resilience, promote mental health, and support families. Visit chw.org talk for more information. Next week on This Is Normal, Jessie Pennington Cross is 12 years old. She's a quirky kid and she's had some struggles, but now her family is trying a new approach they call radical acceptance. My diagnosis is I have anxiety disorder, I have OCD, OCD, 
Tourette syndrome. Tourette syndrome. Depression. Depression. Goofiness. Goofiness. Yeah. All Jesse was thinking about all the time was how to engage in certain behaviors and not engage in other behaviors. And it, it was heartbreaking to wake up and realize I, I've been treating my child kind of like a trainable dog. This is Normal was produced by Alexandra Wimley, Jana Rose Schleiss, Josh Clark, Bill Schultz, and me, Rob Menser. It is a production of USA Today Network Wisconsin, and it's part of our ongoing series of reporting on youth mental health, which we call Kids in Crisis. Find more of our reporting at postcrescent.com slash kidsincrisis. If you'd like to share your reactions to the show or just reach out, I'm on Twitter at Robert Menser. You can find me on Facebook, or you can email the show at thisisnormal at gannett.com. Write us. Rory and I love getting your emails. Help us reach more people by sharing this podcast with your friends on social media, by physically taking your mom's phone from her, subscribing, and then turning on notifications so she instantly finds out about new episodes, or whatever you can do. One thing podcasts are always asking you to do is leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, which really does help others find the show. We thank you for anything and everything you can do to share it. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 or text HOPELINE to the National Crisis Text Line at 741-741. We all struggle sometimes, and it's good to get help.